Last night in a dream, I began to learn how to see without understanding like a blind person who'd received their sight after living with eyes whose semen-colored lenses stood in the way of light passing through like guard dogs do with thieves after I saw her gracefully architectured body, pale as ash, with shining ebony eyes and a spiked flamingo pink mohawk that streaked down the middle of her clean-shaven head like a roll of shark teeth. Her eyeshadow and pink lipstick were the color of cherries. Her earrings were baby pacifiers, one dangling from each earlobe by a thin vintage silver wire hook. And her feet were cased in oxygenated blood-red stilettos that matched her well-fitted short-sleeved cotton shirt. She had high aboriginal cheekbones that were gently powdered with mulberry rouge, a mouth full of white piano key teeth that showed themselves as bright, blissful smile of milk when she wasn't, ha when she wasn't saying, uh-huh, I know who you are, and thanks for saying hello, but now go back and be inside your body. I'm not ready for you just yet. To some, like myself, and to others, welcome. I've been waiting for you. Please come in with a voice that sounded like the motorized arrowy whir of a hummingbird in flight between taking sips of already fermented grape-like souls through a clear plastic straw from a wide, bold, crystal tulip-shaped wine glass and very, very long, tight denim jean-sheathed legs that crossed right over left while she sat in the big brown classic leather armchair with the elegance of laughter in the luxurious hotel lobby of a retired mailman's silent heart as he lay in, on his bed, blankly gazing up at the ceiling fan with the glazed-over, widely dilated, dreary glare of the dead. And so, here I am. I'm seeking the reaper. Inconstant lover, he refuses to be hurried, will not be summoned by paltry gestures and insincere entreaties. At one time, he was fun to play with, coming close enough to taste, thrilling my soul with excitement and anticipation, passing me a bottle of Jack, introducing me to hot new lovers with murder in their hearts. Challenging me to ride that barn-spoilt horse, to swim that oily river, jump off the dry dock. Once, I looked over my shoulder to see if we were winning and caught him grinning at me from the back seat of John Devine's 69 Charger. The night I took all those tuminals, he held me close and rocked me, then left me with the morning, softly whispering, not yet. Like dancing the tango, he clutches my hand, then tosses me away with scorn. I beg for his attention, then recoil. Today, he walked just a few steps behind in padded silk slippers, robes barely rustling. I think I can turn suddenly and catch him up, fling myself into his arms before he realizes I am there, nestled in soft black velvet of release and forgetfulness. I am so very tired, worn out with struggle and hunger. I chased him through the empty streets, almost followed through the gates, but he laughs and slams them in my face. I so want to travel with him, leave this place forever without goodbye, without regrets, just go. 
I feel a rumble beneath my feet. Steam leaps up through sidewalk grates. There he goes, and I'm right behind. Then I'm falling down the stairs, bashing limbs, thrashing body, tumbling headlong toward my fate at last. He leaps the turnstile and hops aboard as I regain my feet, leaves me fumbling for coins to give the conductor as the last train leaves the station. Occasionally, I have to persuade myself that I am still alive in the land of the living when I can't see the everyday love affair between heart and soul having new life breathed into it like earth receiving male water from heaven in an answered prayer for the tenderness of spring with its pink apple blossoms and young green corn showing me that the body is a universal temple of worship where many times upon a time my stump mind is a warm, eager sunset shooting its reddish-yellow rays and fiery orange on the crayon torsos of soft-timbered trees rooted in an underworld of coarse, fine-grained rock residue, while other trees on a backdrop of mountainous plains further off are silhouetted in gloomy gray shadows of sadness against a youthful sky of bright, clear blue giving way to the cold, blind, predator-filled darkness of night on which the gospel of ages is written in a beautiful collage of stars being brought to perfection in each moment by every person who knows that if they don't have one's feel of faith to remember, they won't believe in a thing long enough to determine whether or not it should stay alive and become comfort and security from the messy, bizarre, and otherwise suffocating reality of tightly clutched tentacles of emotion holding on to finely crafted reflections on not really wanting to be healed beyond a doubt out of a hidden fear of miserably failing to be free of this strange and all too familiar future, mocking any chance of escape from an ever-present past like the yellowish-brown, rust-colored rocket ship in my backyard, reminding me that I am pretty much stuck with who I am and who I was and who I will ever be, and a collection of brilliant answers about surrendering to the dance of creation. Progress. I will meet you, my love, on the other side of these mists, in the place outside of time, Awakening from this dream, you and I and the others will be together again in the way of perfect communion. Weren't we silly this time? What ridiculous tales we told ourselves. <clears throat> what a laughable farce enacted on these sodden, moldy boards, clumsily bumping against each other without touching, clinging to our separateness, attempting to tie ourselves together with strips of words on paper when that which cannot be broken already binds us in eternity. Look at us, taking ourselves so seriously, forgetting what we came here for, caught up in feeble physicality while spirit struggles to remember something it can never forget. Foolish flesh, flailing and stumbling, always ready for a fall, clinging mud turns to dust on the other side of these mists. <laughs>